This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The editor-in-chief of the very athletic Bay Area, Jim Kawakami. Kawakami, who has covered the NBA for over two decades. It's time now for the TK Show on the Athletic Podcast Network. Hey everybody, Tim Kawakami here, TK Show, recording from the home studio, back from L.A. It was a little late night in L.A. Uh, and back in San Francisco, uh, but very glad to have on as my guest, the esteemed lead play-by-play man for ESPN NBA basketball, Mike Breen. None other than Mike Breen, the voice. Uh, how are you doing today, Mike? Thanks for coming on the show. Well, Tim, my pleasure. Great to come on. It's been it's been a wild ride. We've both been on covering these playoffs. Yeah, that's right. I, I don't. I can't even track your schedule. Uh, I I know you're all over the place, but I'll just say you 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 did what games two and three of this series. You did game seven of the of the King series. You've done so many war, huge Warriors games, all the finals games, if I remember correctly. Just as you see them go down three one, you see them struggle in the fourth quarter. Some you know errors at the end. What it strikes you as someone who's just kind of been around this so much, been around these guys and maybe seeing them, you know, this could be the end. We could be seeing it, maybe not. Uh, just as someone who knows them so well, what, what strikes you? Um, I think the word that I, I keep using, and it's not just for the Warriors, it's it's for all the teams that are in the playoffs, is unpredictable. I, I've never seen a season like this. And, and even – even the elite teams, and I put Golden State in there as one of the elite teams, they're all unpredictable. And, and they all have flaws this year, more than I can remember. I think, um, you know, when you talk about the teams, that the also-rans, you always say, ah, they have such a small margin for error. I think in some ways, even the top teams this year have a smaller margin for error than they usually do. And, and I, find that, uh, I find that kind of fascinating. But it also makes it more exciting because you just don't know what you're going to get from game to game. Yeah. Well, that's why I've compared it. We always compare it to the you know the, the Durant years for the Warriors when there probably was a lar- pretty large margin of error. And you called so many of those games. What was that like? You go back and you think about those, that 17 team, 2018 team won the championship. Obviously, 19, they ran into their issues. But w- was that – like the, the kind of high point of NBA basketball in, in recent years, was that something that you'll always remember? It, it was just, it was beautiful basketball, uh, both from an individual standpoint, you watching these individual players play at such an incredibly high level. And then you watch how they mesh so well together. Um, that to me was what, what stood out with that group. And, and the fact that um, it was all about winning. And I, I mean, you look at, the big three, and they're all special in their own way. And they all probably individually could have done more in terms of statistics, but it all came down to one thing, and that's the winning a title. And, and that was what was so beautiful about it. That and the fact that as exciting and as, as dynamic their offensive uh, performances were, 
defensively, uh, that group was was just as fun at that end of the floor. And, you know, we'll never get the proper credit because of what the other side of the ball was for them and how much fun it was for the fan, all the flash and style. Uh, but the defense was just as important, if not sometimes more important. And you combine that all together. And it just was wonderful to see. And, and I think, you know, Tim, you obviously know how hard it is just to win in the league yeah. and how hard it is to advance playoff series after playoff series, then to do it, you know, successive years, year in and year out, you know, and, and to win four times in eight years, to get to the final six times in eight years, it's it's special. And, um, you know, the Warriors fans, I, I hope that they appreciate every second of it and, and not get too spoiled of it, even when they go through bumps like they're going through now and they've gone on occasionally it, because it's, it's just beautiful basketball. It's the way the game's supposed to be played. When you think about how hard it is to win in the playoffs, I think of just the last two series, right? The seven games to beat the Kings. Uh, it took, an obviously, an epic performance by Curry to get that win. And now they're down 3-1 in the Lakers. If they win this series, it's going to be in seven, and it's going to be another epic one. Uh, do you – at any point, does it hit you like this might be the end of it? Like this re- – I mean – and, and, and who knows, but end of this run, Draymond Green, we know, can, can be a free agent. Bob Myers could, could leave. What, what Does that hit you when you think about that? And does, do you kind of put it in those terms, like we could be the, seeing the end of something that went on for a long time and was pretty incredible? I've always tried to stay in the present in terms of how I approach it, at least from, for broadcasting. Um, and, and I think that's, that's important because you can get carried away with thinking about, oh, next year, the possible draft pick or who they can get this as a free agent. I, I, that drives me crazy. There's so <laughs> much going on in the present tense um, that you, you know, you have to really enjoy it while it goes through it. That's that's the way I've tried to do it. And, and with them, you, you can never count them out. I mean, you can never count them out because of, because of their mental toughness. You know, they, I always say there, there's this annual tradition that we all participate in and that's in, we overreact to every playoff win and loss. It's like a team loses game one of a series, like, oh, man, they could get swept. And all of a sudden, they win the next one. You know what? Um, this, is, this, is the, this is a great matchup for them. It's amazing. And it's not just media. It's fans, obviously. Uh, but even sometimes players, when they're new to the playoff experience, I, I think they have to – that's something they have to go through, and that's something they – they have to experience because that's part of being able to advance, being able to accept that, that you just got whipped by 30 points, but it means only one loss and you have a chance to bounce back and completely change the momentum in the next game. And that's the other uh, beauty of, of what Golden State has done because they've had to overcome series deficits and it never seems to discourage them uh, from their ability and their thinking that they can they not only survive this team, but survive anybody that they put in front of them. I think you would if they win, you would do game six. I think in LA is that is that correct? Yes. Yeah. So you would would you load that? I mean, you just said, and and I completely understand and agree with your. You know, don't over contextualize. It's a game. It's one game. But Warriors win game five at home. Come back to game six in some of your kind of conversation and some of the way you would say this could be the end of something here. Uh, or would you would would you not want to make it too big a deal like that? No, well, that's something because, you know, like in this series, for the, for the fan that's not involved in either team, for just the basketball fan who loves to watch great basketball, loves to watch great players, and for me to broadcast these games and, and to call the games of these magnificent um, athletes, 
know, I, I want every series to go seven games. <clears throat> I hope <clears throat> this series goes seven games. There would there'd be nothing better than, than Steph Curry and LeBron James in a game seven as they're reaching the, the tail end of their careers. And I wouldn't put it past either one of them to play multiple seasons going forward, obviously, especially um, Steph. <clears throat> but that's what you hope for. And um, that's the way I, I look at it from that standpoint. And, and the other thing for me is, and this goes back to, to the unpredictable part, if, if the Warriors lose game five and it's over, would I be shocked? No. If the Warriors win game five, six, and seven, advance and win another title, would I be shocked? No. And it's because this year is anything can happen. <clears throat> I mean, everybody had Milwaukee. They're the favorite. They're going in the finals. They've gone in the first round. So I, I think that um, we shouldn't be surprised at anything that happens, especially with a group that has been through the wars. And that goes the same for LeBron James and what he's capable of doing. Um, you know, clearly he's not the same player that he was 10 years ago. But I've said this, that, that at 38, he's having a season that is better than most Hall of Famers' best seasons. Mm -hmm. And if you think about that, so uh, both of them, um, never count them out. Uh, we both learned probably to be, uh, to be foolish to do so. And that's, what, uh, that's my approach now, thinking. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Just with your time around the Warriors, and I know you have meetings with Kerr and, and sometimes with players, just quiet moments story or two that, that that maybe you know would give a little more information to people who haven't had that time and you, you you've just done so many of these games you've done so many you know you've led into so many huge moments and been there for these few moments anything that strikes you about curry or Kerr or anybody that you've kind of seen in in quieter moments well the thing tim that everybody asks is is uh, you know what are they really like and most people their view of of steph is that oh he seems like such a nice guy and I say, my response to them is always, well, it's it's not it's not even close to that. What a what a genuine, charming, thoughtful person that he is to deal with from a media standpoint. I'm not talking about what he is with his with his family and stuff. We all have seen instances of that, but like to deal with the media, um, he's unbelievable in how how giving he is of his of his thoughts, how patient he is, and that's what most people expect. But then. They'll say to me, but what's Draymond Green like? I mean, boy, he just what a what a angry guy. And and I always they always they can't believe me. And some don't want to believe, because you know, fans can be, that he is one of the most thoughtful 
and uh, interesting players that I've ever come across. Listen, we all we all see the bad side of him when he loses control, and sometimes that hurts him, and sometimes hurts the, the team. Um, but the the great side of Draymond Green is is one of the smartest players that I've ever been around, and his ability to explain it and his ability to to try and and even teach you about it. I I, I learned so much when I sit and and listen to him in terms of. You know, what's his mindset? No, do I agree with everything he says? No. But I find him one of the more interesting, fascinating. And he's also, he's extremely thoughtful and, and respectful and kind in those interviews. Uh, I can't get enough of him because I learned so much from him. And people are surprised when I rave about uh, how great he is to get along with. Well, I'd say when they were with Draymond, I, I obviously have covered him a long time and know him real well. I like Draymond a lot. Uh, uh, and like even at his most like wildest times he's getting suspended for them. The point he's making is hard to argue with. Like he's, you know, sometimes the volume's too high or sometimes it's maybe a little bit stressed on some things, but when he's making his point about getting suspended or a foul or something, it's like, you know what? You're taking the point. I can't really argue with. It's like, you're just pushing it to the stream. He is really, as you said, intelligent, thoughtful, and he just pushes his arguments to a, an extreme point. But, the points are not bad. And in fact, they're really, really smart all the time. That's why his podcast, right? His podcast would get destroyed if it wasn't terrible, I mean, wasn't interesting and, and thought out. Yet they're interesting. I tell them that all the time. It's like, I don't always agree with you, but man, I, it's hard for me to argue with some of this stuff. And that's what we want. It's a smart player expressing his emotions thoughtfully. Yeah, no, no question. And I think, I think sometimes that's, and I don't know this for, for a fact, but I think that's why sometimes he gets a little rope with the officials mm-hmm. because when he goes in, in, he doesn't just go and say, that was a terrible call. He tells them why he thinks it was a terrible call. And he has the whole thing. I mean, it's like his presentation is very smart. And he, like you say, he makes he makes really good points, even in those cases. Even when he's wrong, he makes good points sometimes. I really think, just, just listen to that podcast. And that's who he is. And that's who he is on the court. That's who he is with us most of the time. I think this just, he's, it, it, it's just, you know, warts and all. He just throws it out there. Uh, I'll throw a little bit. And I, it's probably unfair to say Jordan Poole has to be like Steph, Draymond, and Clay. Because, you know, players are who they are. And these guys were together and they've had each other to support. Uh, and Jordan Poole is a, is a younger player going through different things. I was very critical of him, you know, this morning. He's not playing very well in this playoffs. I'm not saying he's the reason why they're down 3-1, but he is a reason, that's for sure, and he, I don't think he's handling it very well. How do you view that, you know, a younger player in the spotlight without just putting it all on him, but also acknowledging that there are things here that he's falling short on? You know, every player is different. Um, some come into the league and they act so mature and professional and deal with the highs and lows so much better. It's their makeup. They're just, they're just better that way. Others, it takes, it takes a long time. It takes three or four years, sometimes longer before they really understand the ebb and flow of an NBA career, especially um, when you add in the fact that they've been playing these huge games, the biggest games on the biggest stage year in and year out to have to learn that that quickly uh, when every game counts, every game matters. Um, so, I, listen, does, does he have to find consistency? Does he have to find a, an ability to play more to his strengths? 
um, to play more efficient. All that stuff has to happen. But all the talent is there. I mean, he's got great talent. He's explosive. He just has to figure out a way. <clears throat> what's the best way to get it done in a team setting, in a setting where it's all about winning? A lot of young players like him <clears throat> go to teams that agenda, the agenda is not to win. The agenda is to develop young players and let them learn and let them fall and let them make their mistakes. Well, he, he doesn't have that. Um, he's got it where he's got to play winning basketball right away. And he's done it a lot. And he's made a big impact. And other times he's fallen short of that. So um, I think it's harder than people think. But he also, you know, has to be able to look in the mirror and say, okay, I need to do this better and do that better. It's not it's not, not an easy thing to do um, in that pressure situation year in and year out since he's been here. Yeah, just be like Steph. That's all. Like, you know, just just do that. Just do that. There's only one been only one of them in the history of the NBA. Uh, and just do just be like that. I do it myself, Mike. I'm I'm like I do that. This is my baseline with this team. It's Steph, Draymond and Clay. And all things get measured against them. Sometimes it's not fair, but it is that. I don't want to go too far on that, but I do appreciate the conversation on it. I do have to bring up, you know, I'm going to bring it up about more than seven years ago. Steph Curry in Oklahoma City uh, hits the half court shot. Uh, I think it might be the high point of this whole thing. If you just if you take away the winning of championships, which we know is the most important, just in terms of best game, best action, best moment. That game had so much in it. If you remember, Draymond and, and Steve almost fighting the, in the halftime, at least the Salters reports it. Uh, but that bang-bang moment, uh, Mike, I know you've been asked about it a lot, but as you reflect on it, what do you remember? What do you remember your emotions from it? What do you remember? Does, does it still have that resonance for you more than seven years later? Um, first of all, it's just an unbelievable memory. And, and it goes back to, again, that season, the way it was – um, evolving was one of the most magical seasons I've ever seen. And not just as a broadcaster, but as a, as an NBA fan growing up where everything just turned to gold um, and everything he touched turned to gold. So you had this unbelievable ride where you couldn't wait to watch them. All right, what are they going to do next? Now they finally meet this opponent that is this, this great competitive, talented opponent. And, they're going to they're going to stop this ride uh, temporarily this wow this could be somebody that could get in their way it was so impressive how OKC had played so they're winning and you, i remember thinking that night wow <clears throat> this could be a night a turning not a turning point but just show this this is this is a team that can stand in front of them and then he turns his ankle mm, that's right now that's right. oh my goodness he's out, he's going to be out of the game they're down double figures it's like Oh, it's spoiling what was supposed to be this this incredible regular season matchup. And listen, there is not a single regular season game ever that can match uh, a postseason pressure or, you know, in terms of uh, memorable moments, something in the playoffs. But this one was different because of the way the season was going. So now you're thinking, okay, it's going to, this little magical run is going to end today. And I don't mean the totality of the season, just what they were involved in at that point. And then he comes back. And then he starts doing what he's doing. And you really had this thing of, boy, he, he, can, he really is capable of doing the impossible. And the call itself for me um, was just, it was an accumulation of watching this team perform at this incredible level night in and night out and watching this, this young player who, you know, slight of frame, who has the build of somebody you'd see down at the park, dominating 
these great athletes night in and night out. And for him to do that, come back from the ankle, come back from 10 down in the, one of the most hostile arenas in the NBA at that time. I mean, you know how OKC was when they were good. Just a great atmosphere. And for him to do that, um, I just I just lost it at the end because I couldn't believe what I was seeing. It was you knew that it was it was a special player and it was a special team. I know it's in the moment and you don't plan these things. But when Curry has the ball, do you have to have like a bang ready to go? Do you have to have that in your pocket? Because who knows what's going to happen here? Well, the thing is, <clears throat> I don't like to to use it often. Um, I don't like to. I usually like to save one per game. There's some that there's more than one per game. And that's the problem with his games because there's, <laughs> there's too many opportunities because he does things that are just, just spectacular. Um, and that's, you know, that's the sign of a player where, where, where for fans and for broadcasters, you're on the edge of your seat all the time. Uh, you know, even watching the game, I watch from my home in New York and you're on the edge of your seat watching him perform and, and thinking, all right, it's going to go in. And some nights it doesn't, but it doesn't impact the way you're you're just you're in wonder of his uh, his amazing skill. You know, we can get into all the stuff about how he's changed the game, but still at age thirty five, was it? That, I think this is his fourteenth year. Um, for him to still play with this this joy and with this hunger is um, for me. It's a um, it's an honor to broadcast, and as a fan, it's just so wonderful to watch. Got to ask you about working with uh, two guys you know I know pretty well. I know Mark real well. I know Van Gundy, certainly from doing podcasts and running into him and, and getting restaurant reviews from him, which are which sound very good to me. What's that dynamic been like? You've been with both of them for, for years now, uh, and we're with Mark and, and Jeff before he coached the Warriors and comes back to you guys. You know, this we, we know it's the interplay. We know it's Van Gundy bringing up something bizarre, and you guys go on a riff. Are those ever like you know where they're going, or you're just okay, Jeff? Jeff went off on something, and let's let's kind of follow where he's going here. No, most of the times it's just off the cuff, and it's off what's happening in front of us. Sometimes it's what's happening on the floor. Sometimes it's what's happening during timeouts with the the various entertainment shows that they have. You never know where he's going to go, you know. And but there are other times because you know whether it's at breakfast, whether it's in the ride over to the arena, we'll be talking about stuff, and something funny will come up, and we're like kicking in the back of head. Okay, that might that might work on the air, but most of it is spontaneous. For example, um, we had last week before we were on the air. I can't remember if it was breakfast or dinner the night before. Somehow the topic came up of childhood nicknames. And that's where Jeff mentioned that his childhood nickname was, was Jefferino Hot Dog Buddy. That's what his dad <laughs> called them because they used to go to a hot dog place late at night, just the two of them. It's actually a wonderful story of a father and, and son having this bond over their love of hot dogs. So Mark, Mark put that in the back of his head. He couldn't wait for the opportunity to bring it up on the air. And it turned out to be, I, I think, you know, just really funny and so, showing a different side. Um, but most of the stuff is, uh, is spontaneous. And uh, as a play-by-play guy, Tim, uh, to have those guys make it entertaining, especially in blowouts, they, they, they have such uh, respect for the game. When it's a good, close, tight game, they don't go there. But on a game where it's a blowout, you know, maybe just a regular season game, it's a 14-point game, they understand, you know, some entertainment is fun too. And um, I, I love the way – that they can they can talk about anything, no matter what I bring up, no matter what they bring up. 
And the beauty of the relationship is we, we've known each other so long. My first year doing Knicks radio, first year doing the league, Jeff was an assistant coach. Mark was a player. Uh, we've all kind of grown up together. We watched our kids grow up together. And there's nothing we can say um, that's going to get anybody upset, uh, even if it's 180-degree disagreement. It's, uh, it's the beauty of the arguments. I mean, the two of them crushed me the other day about uh, LeBron James. I'm thinking, you know, it's good for him in the blowout to sit extra minutes because it'll help him in the next game. And they, they just crushed me. <laughs> but it was, it was, it's to me, that's good television when you have, you know, strong disagreements, but you try and back them up at least with, with points, sometimes entertaining points and sometimes valid basketball points. That's, I mean, my, you know, my few times I've been on the air, it's the trust that's important because you know you can kind of go to certain places and not either offend somebody or that person can follow you and kind of pick up where you're going. And that's with you guys. Like you, maybe on another broadcast, you go, oh, that's, this is like, maybe they're mad at each other, but you know, you're not mad at each other. We know that. And that's what's conveyed, I think, in the conversation and conveyed in the game, game coverage. Uh, and that's what I appreciate. Again, knowing Mark like I do, and he doesn't trust, you know, a lot of people. I mean, I'll just say that I mean, we know that uh, there were certain issues with the Warriors, but I like Mark and I understand Mark and, the trust level that you guys have with each other, I think, is is very, very, you know, it's rewarding to watch. I'll just say it that way. And that's why you're the writer, because that, that is the perfect word to describe what we have. It's one, it truly is, you know, we make fun of each other all the time. It's truly one of the joys of, of my career is I've been able to do all these great games, but I've been able to do it with them um, because they are, they're so smart and they're so knowledgeable about the game and they're both funny I've said this for years. Every telecast I do with them, every single one, I learn and I laugh. And for a play-by-play guy, it does not get better than that. All right, Mike, we will end this with a version of the question I asked everybody. I'm very interested in your answer on this one. I got a good one from Van Gunny uh, recently, so let's see if you can you can follow that one up. Mike Breen, what's your favorite Bay Area restaurant? For all the times you've been in the Bay Area, what's your favorite restaurant? Well, first off, tell me, tell me Jeff's answer to this. Maru, the Japanese restaurant. He's a Union Square, I believe. I've heard since he's told people have told me that's a very, very high class Japanese restaurant. It is. It, it is. It's great. I've been there many times, but not as many as him. That's the only restaurant he goes to. <laughs> it's like we have to force him to go to another one. And often we other ones like, no, not going. I'm going to my spot. But it is good. I'll give him that. Um, I've got that's one of the was been one of the real perks to him of going to uh, the Bay Area. First of all, I, I'm in love with the Bay Area. I'm a lifetime New Yorker, but I just love it out there. And one of the reasons I do is all the great restaurants. Um, two restaurants I've been going to for a long time that I just love are uh, Kakari. Oh, yeah. And Original Joe's. Um, they're just they're just great restaurants. And I found a new one recently, PJ Colissimo, who is the ultimate yes. restaurant connoisseur. Uh, in out throughout the NBA, um, Pazia, uh, a place on Third Street. It is just, it's special, very special. So I have to pick between those. They are, those those places are the best. Excellent, Mike. I uh, Kokari's might be the most referenced restaurant on this show when I ask that question. Uh, and I've never been, and it's stupid. So uh, I am going, yeah, Kokari's one I absolutely got to go. It is a, uh, it is a, favorite among guests of the TK show and you're you're one of them so that's solid solid to hear 
again, thank you so much, Mike. I appreciate uh, the time. Uh, we both got hectic schedules. I'm glad we could do this. We see each other all the time. Uh, may, might be seeing you on Friday for Game 6. Might not, but uh, no matter what, it's always great talking to you. Jim, thank you. Always a pleasure and uh, been a big fan of, of your writing. You've, you've helped me in my preparation many, many times. Well, I appreciate that. It's very kind of you to say. And I think we're going to get to game six. I'll just say it. I think they're going to, and I don't know that it goes past that. I think there will be a game six. Make us work, make, at least make me work. Well, you're working no matter what, but it'll make me work a couple more days at least. My fingers are crossed for seven games. All right. All good. Oh, that's fine by me too. All right, everybody. Thanks you so much, Mike. Appreciate that.